You're listening to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Uh, busier show than you would think, I would say, yeah. Colin, this week. Um, not really a whole lot of headlines around the Ontario Hockey League in terms of like on the website or anything, but um, a lot went down the Twitter. Is, has been nice to us. Um, we did have that extra day, so apologies, everybody, for that as the fluke bug found its way to Port Dalhousie, and I have not been at work since Thursday. So, yeah, trying to get the voice back, the throat back, so if I sound awful, I mean, it's kind of normal, but, um, you know, we'll see. Um, apologies for that, but we'll get through it. We'll be okay. Hammer the T's. Hammer the T's. Man, did, you ever, man, did you get the honey? Like, did Tim Hortons discontinue honey lemon tea? Like, and I got honey lemon tea. I just forget where I got it from. I think I got it from. Uh, well, I, like, I mean, yeah, you could probably buy it at Walmart or Zares yeah. or Superstore. But like, like, like my girlfriend Alexa went to Tim Hortons uh, Thursday, last Thursday or Friday, to get like, like food, and then see if I could get a tea. She ended up getting bagels. A um, the toaster didn't work at that Tim Hortons, so good one. Um, really? That was interesting. Check the and, feed. Uh, in the feed. Yeah, we don't have any butter either. Like, what? Yeah. what? What Tim Hortons yeah. doesn't have butter? Is that the Tim Hortons that where if you go after like noon gotta be. hour, there's like all you can really get is coffee? Got Well, it is right next to a police station, so that kind of makes sense. Coffee, donuts, and all this. Stuff. <laughs> there you go. So... <laughs> You know, it's. It, I thought that was odd. And then Subway, dis, I found out on Tuesday, Subway discontinued green olives. What the heck are we doing? Subway did? Yeah, because I went in there for a sub because, A, I was hungry and I was tired of making stuff at home. But I also had to get gas for the, I'm a big the upcoming guy. week slash weekend. Uh, and I went in there and saw black olives, which they've always had too. And yeah. I asked the girl, I'm like, do you have green olives? Because I hate black olives. She goes, no, those are discontinued. I'm like, come on, really? Wow. And I said a word I can't say here, but I'm like, that's the <laughs> stupidest <bet>. thing. <laughs> I mean, I had green olives at home, so that was okay. But yeah, why? Small. what are we doing? Like, that's yeah. that's horrible. And then it, and then to round it out, that'll be $18. <laughs> what? Does the franchise come with it? <laughs> Man. Like, is it being keys? served in Jesus's shoe? Like, what are we hey, doing? $18 a sub? Oh Ownership my. rights? Like, oh, it was, wow. it was, it was bad food experience for me in the last week. But yeah, you know, yeah, it can be tough. It, like, it can be tough. Oh, it was so bad. Like, I'm honestly, when I'm sick, when I'm sick, which is like every other day, but hey, I've been good. Oh, okay. I've been good. I've been good since my, uh, since my adventures in October, November, I've really haven't been sick. I'm taking the vitamins. I've been good. I've stopped. I gotta, I gotta get back on it. The vitamin C. That's I've a, been taking those every day, and then I yeah. kind of stopped. That's the problem, though, right? Like all of a sudden you feel fine. It's like, all right, I don't yeah. need vitamins. And then like a week later goes by without taking. It. It's like huh, I start to need it again. Yeah. But yeah, like anytime the weather changes, but like it's you're gonna get that right. Like you're gonna get sick. Um, Every time Man, I'm sick, though, I get so repetitive. Like, yeah. I eat the exact same thing, like, three days in a row. Like, mm -hmm. I always have soup for lunch. And I remember in November I was sick. I had, like, frozen pizza. Like, because oh it's so so easy, right? Easy, oh, yeah. Like, two, three days in a row. Yeah. Horrible. Uh, soup for lunch, pizza for uh, dinner. 
And then, like, it's, I haven't had it's it some since. some kind of nutrition plan. Not oh, an yeah, awesome I one, haven't but, had oh, well. an orange juice. An orange juice. Oh, yeah, that's I, bad. I finished had... off our jug over the last week. Oh, yeah. Like, I love orange juice, but it's so much money in the grocery stores right now yeah. where it's like, man, like, three, four glasses, it's done. Yeah. So that's tough, but you got to go bulk on the orange juice, especially in the winter. Like, I could have it, honestly, every other day, every day yeah. in the winter, um, orange juice. I honestly like it. Like the this morning, Tuesday morning, for instance, I just had a glass of orange juice, just a random glass of orange juice. Because because you know, like I'm not a coffee guy. I had coffee on Saturday though, or no Sunday at the hockey game. Just crazy. Yeah, you said you were like tired heading to the game. I was right out of it. I was so tired. So I uh, had a coffee, which was like my third coffee of like the year. Well, not the, yeah, I guess it's my first coffee of the year. And I'll probably honestly, you can count on one hand, how many coffees I'll have this year. Last hmm. year I had three, but yeah. you're a tea I learned guy. How to, yeah. Yeah. I'm a tea guy yeah. on hot chocolate. I got yeah. the mochas at Man, uh, Starbucks. Now that I know how to Technically, order Technically mochas have coffee in them. Yeah. Yeah. The espresso. I Those things are strong. Half, the two but... of them, there are two espressos there. But well, I uh, then there's me that gets a third. Yeah, I, I can't take it. Probably I can't shouldn't. It. But, I oh, well. problems. I yeah. feel like I'm gonna get sick every time I have more than one. I feel like I'm gonna get sick. All I need is the one. Get a little booster in the caboose, and I'm good. But it's just, <laughs> it's just too. That was a long weekend. Uh, so over that now, but great weekend of hockey in, around the OHL. We had a great yeah. prospects game last week. Yeah, um, which was sweet. I but, fell asleep uh, halfway through because yeah, NyQuil yeah, works like a charm. Yeah. Um, oh, hey. But NyQuil with the – yeah, the the picture I sent you. Like the – did you get that one with the hint of probably. Vicks? Oh, my God. It's so good. Like, okay, that came out wrong. That Oh, my God. It's so good for uh, NyQuil for medicine. But I'm telling oh, you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It works. It Vicks works so good. Cool. It, yes, that one. It worked. That works better than Buckley's. 1,000%. And I can't we remember know the last it, time I had Buckley's, honestly. It, honestly, I'm immune to Buckley's, and it's hilarious. Like, my girlfriend, Liza, like, she knows this for a fact about the Buckley's. Whenever I start to feel sick, I just take a swig of Buckley's. It doesn't even do anything anymore because I'm just so used to it. And, like, I don't oh, even geez. have anything to drink with Buckley's. I just – you're from Del. You I'm from Del. I'm from the Del. You get the little plastic cup and shoot it. Yep. Yeah. That's – hey, that's your bar when you're sick, right? You got to yeah. have some fun. Um, yeah, so a uh, little Friday night inside, uh, but, um, Hey man, my like CHL TV was clutch for me this week, this weekend. Yeah. Free view to... coming up too. What's up? There's a free view coming up too of, uh, Sue and Saginaw tonight, I guess. Yeah. Wednesday night. So yeah. Tonight, yeah. Right that's now, big. Actually at seven o'clock. Yeah. That's big. So. Yeah, we've got we've got quite a few topics to get to. Uh, one of them being Brampton Steelheads? Question mark. We'll get to that. How long does that last for? Question mark. Yeah, yeah well, a lot of question marks on that. We'll see topic. if we can answer I cannot that. Cannot wait to get into that. Yeah, yep. I cannot wait to get into that. That'll be fun. Uh, another Next thing. We'll have the big surprise too. The what? Next week we'll have the big topic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to switch that off because of me not being at the rink all weekend. So. Yeah, big. Want to uh, do it live? Yeah, absolutely. So that'll be that'll be happening next week, and it's it's actually closer. It makes more sense. It happens after, but it's closer technically yeah, by calendar date. So yeah, so we'll, so we'll get to that next week. 
uh, even though we haven't revealed what exactly it is. We'll get to it. But Ted also on, um, on PlayStation. What's up? Ted wants us to make it and play it on PlayStation. Oh, Ooh. yeah, I got I don't even have NHL 24, but I got to download it just for that reason. Yeah, that's cool. Eh? I'll get it when it goes on sale. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'll also get into Colin as an interesting topic um, that he had maybe not so much learned about, but kind of went over uh, the Kingston Frontenacs and, and kind of how they operate under under Troy Mann, Joel Vanderland. Uh, had the chance to join Colin at uh, at the game between Brantford and Kingston, so we'll touch on the front really cool. as well. Uh, players of the week we'll get to as well. Also look back at the CHL top prospects game and how that might be the last one. We'll see. That was an interesting yeah. tweet that was sent out shortly after. I love and the then, idea. Yeah, I, I, I do. I don't. Uh, I'm kind of torn. There's a lot of there's a lot more pressure on the game. There is. In the gates, obviously, there's always going to be that debate of this player should have went, that player should have went to the game. But this one, I mean, when you cut it down to thirty and you're going to play, if you play the top U.S. prospects, it's kind of a thing where it's like, hey, you have really that. There's always going to be a debate, but it's kind of more clear cut, like who goes and who doesn't go, right? Yeah. No, that's that's fair, and we'll we'll touch on that a little bit more as the show goes on. Uh, we'll also get to, of course, the power rankings as as we finish off the week. Usually, big with changes. That. Yeah, big time. And I was I correct in saying week. the Kitchener Rangers were fourth. Yeah, and, I mean, more more the fact that they had to have a big weekend to avoid being fourth, and of course that didn't happen. So they are now the fourth seed in the Western Conference. So we'll we'll get to that as well. But Colin, let's uh, let's start in the GTA and. The Steelhead's potentially taking, what do you think, five, ten-minute drive down the road about that? Nine minutes. Nine, Nine minutes. minutes. All right. It's last Sunday or two Sundays ago now when we were in Mississauga. I remember looking on my phone to see the difference between the, where CAA Arena is and Paramount Fine Food Center is. It's a nine-minute drive. It's actually closer for me, which is kind of clutch. That'd be. But I think it's minute. five minutes further for me, five to ten minutes, something like that. Yeah. But yeah, so so the the tweet was sent out Tuesday night, Tuesday night evening, whatever you want to call it, from Darren Drager. Um, sources say that the Steelheads are moving to Brampton. I will say, Colin, that is something we had kind of heard, maybe a month, month and a half ago, that it had the possibility to happen. Yeah, we, yeah honestly, since the end of last year, we kind of knew this was coming. Yeah, and it was always the elephant in the room every every show every show in the summer. Like every yeah. for the last three seasons in the summer since coming out of COVID, we've all said this reach where it's like, okay, one year lease. Oh, they're picked up for another year on a lease. One year leases, you know, eventually that bridge is going to burn. Yeah. And I mean, we talked about it, Reese, and it's not their fault at all because the transit system getting to that arena is non existent. You literally can't get to that arena. And if you, if the only way you can get to that arena is if you can drive. You cannot get to that arena with a bus. You cannot go transit there. You cannot do anything there. You can't even fly there. By the way, the airport's right there. So that's why I said you can't even fly there. Yeah. But um, there's nothing there. You can't get to that arena. And two, 
last Sunday was probably quite possibly the quietest arena I've ever heard a hockey game, and I was there in empty arenas during COVID. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to get too deep into that because I love Mississauga's arena. Oh, I yeah. I love Food Center, and I understand there's fans there that support that team, and they do a great job. But that arena was so quiet. It honestly, I can think of three or four arenas that were louder during no fans with during COVID than it was that Sunday, the Sunday game between the top two, uh, about between two and the top four in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. And it was quiet. Um, I remember going to Kitchener during uh, COVID when they had the crowd noise. I thought it was louder in Kitchener. Um, it's not a knock. I understand it's hard to get to that arena. I think this loan move about, I don't think that is going to change much in Brampton. I hope the transit's easier. It sounds like it's going to be an absolute jungle to get to Brampton um, from Toronto. I mean, I, it just sounds um, terrible. I don't know anything about that. And from, you've, dri- from you've driven in Brampton before. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, always it's, a joy. It sounds just absolutely horrible to play in Brampton on a Friday night. It's already tough to play in Mississauga on a Friday night. To play in Brampton on a Friday night, it sounds absolutely dreadful. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm nervous for that. But I hope the transit's easier because if the transit's not easier five years from now, they're not in Brampton either. Yeah. I think I think the re- the thing that's gonna happen is I truly believe that with this whole situation going down, I believe one the main reason is is the rent cost at Paramount Five Food Center? Let's be honest here. So, what what, what do you think drives that? Let let's let's oh, discuss that quickly. Is it is it the fact that? And in your opinion, we don't really know facts about it. But like, how's they put an event there? Yeah, like, is it the matter of the nine hundred five are so popular? I think. Oh, we can see crowds there. It's worth more to play here. I think but I, that I, makes no sense because the hockey team there, but they there's have, no crowd. Exactly. So, like, hey. that's a tough argument. Like, location, yeah, that sucks. But that doesn't mean you should charge yeah. a premium price to be a tenant there. Yeah. Beautiful building. There's nothing to it's, do there, man. It's not brand new. Incredible. The, like, it's incredible. not brand new. So you can't charge brand new pricing if that's a thing. It's uh, an incredible I mean, complex. All the... All the stuff yeah, they have on the like, soccer fields and stuff. Like, that's the nicest complex in the Ontario Hockey League by far. Like, you could say the value in Mississauga's arena for what they have is in the top five for the complex worth. Yeah. For what they have, it's in the top five. Which is crazy when you think about it when there's absolutely um, no transit going to the arena. Like, it's an expensive cab ride. There's no restaurants around the arena. Like, remember the closest restaurant we could go to is Subway. When we, uh, when the first time we were there with the Bulldogs, it's like, okay. Like, I remember last year, I remember last year going to get a mocha at Starbucks when I ordered, when I finally, um, learned how to use, uh, how to say an order at Starbucks. Thank you very much to my girlfriend, Eliza. Um, appreciate that. Uh, I was very bad at that. Um, remember when? Remember Reese when I went and got a hot chocolate and I said, "Can I get a large hot chocolate?" And they looked at me like I had like three heads. Yeah, it's like what's what's a large? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's basically what happened. Um, 
But I remember going to the Starbucks and it was like 15 minutes away from the arena. Yeah. It's like, all right, I'm not even going to go. You know, like, yeah, I don't so, know what the difference is between Brampton and Mississauga, to be honest, in that marker, in that market, like what they have. I don't know yeah. about you, but like, it's, I don't know how long this is going to look. Like, it, it's, it's tough. Like, even I've pulled up the map here, the Paramount Fine Food Center. I'm trying to look for restaurants on, yes, on this side this i mean the paramount fine food center side of the 403 closest restaurant that pops up on google is a subway that's yep. 10 minutes away yeah and that's um, the one like there's an east sides that's and they don't even have green olives ish i guess yeah they don't even have green olives so there you go <laughs> like it's it with the he double hockey sticks like it's it's essentially a trip down kennedy Road. Yeah, that that is what it is. Is for the Mississauga Steelheads, it's going to be a trip down Kennedy Road, yep, down to Brampton. Uh, and again, it's it's whether you look good, man. You know, if rent's cheaper, I mean, I'm all for saving money. I'm I'm that type of guy. Absolutely, if it's going to cost way less, sure, I yeah. But call and get money, you know, call and save money. Yeah, like and I mean, big fan of having ballparks around the CAA Center. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, that'd be cool. And the parking looks, I mean, it was free parking in Mississauga, but parking looks phenomenal in Brampton. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, let's talk about it. Five years, Colin, over under, does hockey work in Brampton for more than five years? Because it's it, it's failed before at numerous levels. Hey, uh, you know, it's the Ontario Hockey League, East Coast, Coast Hockey League. I'm East pretty Coast sure the GOJHL team failed hard there. Yeah. Um, like over I, under, I guess it's as simple as that, Colin. Are they there I, for five years? It depends on the lease, what it is. I would imagine for sure three. And not to get too involved in this, not to get too involved with like speculation and stuff like that. Um, but I wonder if and this is nothing off the top of my head, like this is just guessing. I saw the Grand Rapids Griffins play two games in Belleville this year. The the crowd was an absolute joke. I wonder if there's a return to Belleville in five years. Yeah. yeah. If and if first Ontario Center gets done in Hamilton. Belleville, honestly, when you look at the conference, when you look at the Ontario Hockey League, the, at the end of the day, the league misses the Belleville Bulls. The league misses the Belleville Bulls. Um, and it, they had a big tradition, right? And they had a history. And the only reason why then they didn't leave Belleville because of the attendance problems. They didn't leave Belleville because of that. They left Belleville because there was a, there was a situation in Hamilton that had to be filled. It was a domino effect and they just fell on the short end of the stick, which sucks. And yes, they got a team. They got the AHL team out of it, but. I just wonder if that's going to go, and I wonder what the new ownership with the Ottawa Senators and how this is all going to develop. I wonder within five years if Belleville has an Ontario Hockey League team. And I'm not saying anything, I don't want to say too much into it, but I just think that, man, it makes perfect sense. Like, it makes perfect sense. And Cornwall's too far. Too far. Every single person that mentions Cornwall, okay, do you want to drive there in the winter? Yeah. You're closer no to playing teams in the queue. Yeah. Like, okay, like, yeah, all right. So we're going to drive three hours to Ottawa to play a game. Have fun. 
Like, that's your closest game? Like, I don't think that works. I mean, I think you're closer to Chatham than you are Cornwall if they built the arena. Yeah. That arena, that arena blueprint, I don't ever know what happened to it, but that arena blueprint, I tell you, that looks incredible. Uh, I doubt they go through with it, but. Yeah, and you know what? To be honest, whether it be Cornwall, which I don't think it will be, whether it be Belleville, that, that solves part of your division problem. Big time. Big you time. You know, like whether it be Mississauga that goes there, another, I don't I don't know, whatever happens. Say the OHL, for whatever reason, returns to Belleville. There's your fifth team to replace Brantford or Hamilton, whatever they're yeah. going to be. Um Oh, be so there, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but so, so that's. I mean, I still don't think Ranford is in a location that suits the Central Division in terms yeah. of Barry, North Bay, Sudbury, Niagara. It does obviously, but it, yeah. it gets them out of the East of having to go to Ottawa, Kingston, yeah. Peterborough, oh, Oshawa. I mean, it's not too far, but it should be hybrid, there. man. So there's there's one issue that's gone. Yeah. So if you imagine yeah, from that standpoint, that makes sense to a fix the divisions because they need to be real badly. Yeah. It's How just does Brantford figuring out where all these teams are going? Yeah, exactly. How does Brantford only play Kitchener and Guelph twice a year? Yeah, like, I mean, like, come on. and it's and it's not even London an too. argument. Well, because they're east west, that like they shouldn't be playing each other more than twice. Twenty minute drive. Yeah, I mean Niagara and Erie play each other six times. So yeah. next year, and that, that's, that's because of geographical location, obviously. Yeah. Next so year, that argument's out the window. They should play Kitchener, Guelph, and London three times next year, Branford. Like either two at home or two on the road. And yes. then the other one, obviously, like the, on the road. Kind of uh, like what they do in the WHL, where it's like, look, what, like Saskatoon will visit like Portland once a year. And yeah. then the following year, um, Portland will visit Saskatoon, and that'll be the only time they play. But three games, so two at home, yeah. one year, and then two on the road the next year. Type do that. Thing. I agree, but that's how it should be, and that's only one extra game. Like, yeah, like that's a, like grow the game. Like, and I know this year is kind of hard, but I think you got to grow the game. And another thing is with Brampton, I think the big thing is Reese. They really have to do a good job marketing. The marketing team of Mississauga <laughs> better market. be ready to spend money of it. Yeah. That money they're not paying on rent better go 1,000% all to the marketing because you're going to have to market, market, market. You're going to have to sell. And I'm, and it didn't work. And there's a reason why it didn't work the last three times a hockey league tried in Brampton. None of them worked. And I, you got to market. You're going to have, and it's not really marketing. It's about selling. You're going to have to sell yourself really good. Um, and uh, I know it's back-to-back years with a move, it looks like right now, as it's looking like they're going to go to Brampton. But if this happens, it's back-to-back years with an OHL team moving. But it's the total opposite situations. Yeah. Brantford hasn't had a team in, like, 40 years. And Brantford, honestly, and recently I know this firsthand, have taken the Bulldogs as their own. It's Brantford's team. Like, it's devoted. Like you go into Brantford, the number one talking point in the city of Brantford in the locals is the Bulldogs. Reese, you had a cool story last week on the Bulldogs show about that of how that uh, mother there with her child talking about the Bulldogs. Like, yeah, yeah, like, like you know, you, you get the situations, and I mean, I'm sure there are other markets that are like this. It's probably not just Brantford, but you know, everybody knows the. 
Bulldogs logo or seems to know it. Like whether they're yeah. a fan, whether they go to the We Heart Bulldogs not, signs on you know, the flagpoles. But yeah, the like it's you know what it, what had happened. And I'll share the story with everybody in case you missed it. Um, and if you're a Sioux fan, I don't blame you for not listening to a Bulldog show. But essentially, <laughs> what had happened was I was on my way into the Linden Park Mall, which happens to be the mall in Brantford. It's not the greatest mall, but it gets the job done. They have a new recent renovation and it's really pretty pretty nice within the last four years so you know that's something and there's going to be a costco next to it within the next 20 years probably the way that yeah by uh, the construction has been moving on that yeah but what had happened i parked my car walk in actually this is before i walked in heading towards the doors a, a mom and a girl couldn't have been more than what two three years old maybe Old enough to walk on her own, but was holding her mom's hand. So, yeah, two to three. And, you know, I had my bulldog sweater on. Just, I threw it on. It was light. It was warm-ish that day. So, so I'm wearing it, walking into the mall. And and the little girl immediately, as she she got outside, out of the doors, was, like, turned to her mom. was like, oh, bulldogs, bulldogs. Oh, look, the bulldogs, mom. And And that's why we, like, giving out pucks at the games like that. That's the best part. (laughs) And it's funny, and it's not really funny, but the comment the mom made to me, and she was like, yeah, we got a young Bulldogs fan here. I go, hey, start them young. Nothing wrong with that. So, yeah. you know, it's just like Wings fans. Start them young. Yeah, absolutely. Eat up on the Leafs. Let's so, go Red Wings. So I think from that standpoint, Brantford is way ahead of the pack when it comes to relocation. And we don't know every situation. We haven't been to really other cities that have had a – relocated team well, in our lifetime like like you know what what have we seen belleville to niagara. hamilton mississauga to niagara brant that was to a win North bay yeah that was and a win what else flint plymouth to flint yeah oh there's been a which <laughs> was a tough start is that it in i would say lifetime. that's probably it what four or five I would yeah, say, in our lifetime. and and, yeah. and again, like those other moves, Belleville to Hamilton, we were old enough. When I say I was a diehard uh, Belleville Bulls follower, like your East Division follower, probably not because I was mm-hmm. in Cambridge or Brantford. Yeah, and you know, I grew I was, up I in big on the I grew up a Knights fan, so yeah, you were you were big on the Knights, and I mean, even when I lived in Windsor, we were still all Spitfires at the at the old barn, which I saw a cool photo of the other day. But I think I saw it, that same picture on Twitter. Yeah, but at the same time, in order for Brampton to succeed, you Selling need to men. have somebody walk into a mall somewhere or a Walmart, well, whatever it might a lot be, of giveaways. with a Brampton Steelheads, which I'm not a fan of that name. I want them to change that, but Hatton has already Brampton started, beast. apparently. Brampton so, Blast. Man. The double B. Right. Yeah, that'd the Blast. Okay. But I, I, it has to be... Maybe not that level. It's got to be close. You got to be out there. You got to be at every parade. Yeah. You got to sign every baby. Like you said, the money you're going to save on rent, (laughs) better go to marketing and getting the name out there. And and I I heard an interesting story. You got to give away a lot. Yeah. And it's kind of story time right now with Reese. Um, But, you know, I heard Mark Cuban doing an interview the other week. And essentially. Guy with the NBA. Yeah. Essentially talking about how he got the Mavericks and then what he did in his first season. And I guess there were issues with sponsors and, and attendance and 
you know, he essentially wiped off the table in the middle of the room and said, uh, okay, who, who did we lose? How do we get them back? Yep. And not that, and technically in this situation, we are looking to get Branson hockey fans back in the Ontario hockey league. In the buzz. We technically are. So, so how do you do that? And, and obviously sponsors are huge board ads. You get any, any possible name out there. Of yep. course, you know, you want to get as many sponsors as possible. Um, so his philosophy was, let's go back to the sponsors that we lost. And I'm not Where saying go, steelheads huh? could look at who the Branson battalion had, but they could probably get a general idea of who they had. And yeah. How do we get them back? They were obviously interested when the battalion 100%. were here. How do we get them back? And yep. whether, whether you're going to like, I feel like every new owner has to lose money in year one or two. Cause Mark Cuban said, Oh yeah, man. It's the NBA. He made money. I'm not comparing the OHL to the NBA. He made money because it was the NBA. Not a sport business. But at at the same time, he's like, you got to lose a little bit of money to to earn a little bit of money. And and he went back to those sponsors and he said, here's 20 free tickets. Bring your employees, bring customers if you want to, and and experience Mavericks basketball because it's going to be a little bit different this time. And I mean, they want to show the plan. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I'm not saying that's the, that's the solution. If it is, I better get credit, Uh, but you know, that that's kind of the philosophy you have to take. Like we have to get hockey fans interested in the Ontario hockey league again in Brampton. That's goal. Number one. Oh, 100% do. And I think the big thing is number one, the team's got to be competitive. Nothing worse than going to a game that's a blowout. Um, no shots at all. I'm not giving a shot, but for instance, looking at Niagara. Niagara Niagara has been last place in the Eastern Conference. The attendance is suffering, right? And that's why. That's why. Niagara has nothing wrong with Niagara hockey. Niagara region, I should say, is incredible. It's a great fan base. Which, but, 10 years hey, of the Meridian Center. Can't believe it's been 10 years. That's fast, eh? But quite frankly, though, the only reason why um, the attendance isn't good is because they're not winning. That's the only reason why. Brampton, yeah. they got to do a good job. Niagara does a good job marketing. Niagara's in the community. That's why. Brampton has to do a really good job marketing. Number one, they have to be competitive. Two, they have to give away a lot. You're going to have to give away a lot to get a lot. And it's not going to show right away, but it's going to show progress over the years. And that's what the desperately failed Brampton before, because there was no interest in the local community, the desire to go to a game because it didn't appeal. It didn't appeal to the community. They have to get out and they have to cater to everyone's likings and create events. Mississauga, for instance, does an incredible job at, the ticket giveaway game, the win-win games, steelheads wins. You get two tickets to the next for a game on the upcoming schedule. That is incredible. I love that they're trying. That's huge. They, well, they're giving away mini sticks. They, they Big did time. when they're they were nice. there with the bulldogs autograph time. Like it's great. Yeah, like I think they have a Transit's bobblehead a giveaway thing. coming up. Um, yeah. Like they do great promotion. So they're yeah. going to have to do that stuff. But the other thing is it reminds me so much of the red wings before Mike Illich. Reminds me so much of the Red Wing situation where obviously it's hard to do this, but hey, um, shout out to my dad 
with the uh, Delhi Travelers. They used to do a truck giveaway. The Red Wings did the truck giveaway. Pick up truck? once a year. Once a year, shoot for a truck. Yep, GM and Simcoe. And, and I mean, OHL teams have done that. Niagara, I know, has done a trailer. Hey, Branford's doing it. Branford's doing it. It never yeah. hit. So Branford right now, the Bulldogs, eh, they're in that shoot for $10,000. It never hit the last two games. So I think, I think Friday night, someone. Yeah, oh, yeah. Friday night, someone's going to have a chance to win $10,000 at Branford Civic Center. Um, so that'll be pretty cool to see. But stuff like that, you got to do. And I remember, I remember I was a little kid, and that's when uh, Darren Dobler. So on the Bulldogs, or it was on the Travelers. And um, they, uh, I remember this. My dad always tells me the story. They did the truck giveaway. And the guy that shot for the truck, Reese, no no kidding, was like that far away. Like, what do you say? A couple so like, inches? So, like, did he have to shoot it in the net? Or was it one of those, like, no, small had to shoot holes. it in the board. Had to shoot in it the in the board. Yeah, okay, yep. okay. And shooting for a truck, they did it once a year, and no kidding, the guy missed by like an inch or two. Oh wow! And I remember my dad, and that's from center, dad. right? Because I've yep, seen from center do it from the other blue line. And that's when before Dell I started to get really good when they had that run in junior D there. They went to the finals like four years in a row. Like they're a powerhouse, and it was right before that. Is and my dad always told me about that was about trying to get fans to go to the games. You had to do stuff like that, right? Yeah. And yeah, it's a big purchase, but all of a sudden I remember, and we always talk about this. I remember they do a fish fry and have a thousand people in the arena in Delhi. A Man, four thousand people, four, people yeah. are always on board for fish fries. I don't know big what time. it is, but they're always on board. Big time. And if you're and if you're Mississauga, you're gonna have to do a lot of extra stuff like that. And hey, you have a car sponsorship. If a junior D team can do it, an OHL yeah. team can do it. You imagine that? All right, this Friday night. This Friday or this Sunday, I think a Sunday game would be worked better in Mississauga because it's uh, hard to get to a game at seven o'clock working in the city. Yeah. But this fr- this Sunday afternoon, two o'clock, um, get to the arena early, which is perfect, great buzz, right? Yeah. Get to the arena early, you get extra profit in the shops and extra people at the concessions, right? It's just great for revenue. Yeah. Um, get to the arena early and. Enter the draw, um, $10 a ticket. Um, if you win, you get an opportunity to shoot for the truck at the second intermission before the third period. That would be incredible. The Red Wings did that before. The Red Wings did that when Mike Illich bought the team for the Red Wings. The Red Wings used to do a car a game to get people to the jail. A car a game. And uh, it, it, look at the Red and Mike Illich turned that team into a dynasty. And that that's like the cool things to know about the sports business. Like I love all that stuff, like reading the magazines and stuff about it. And like, you're going to have to take a loss to get, a to get something, to get the extra stuff. One, I love Mississauga's in game. Their in game's really good. I like the hamburger contest, but that. I was yeah, telling my girlfriend cool. about that. Yeah. Liza about that after the game on Sunday, that's a cool contest. So they do the hamburgs and stuff, but sometimes you got to dig deep dig deep in the pockets and uh to make an extra big pocket for you so uh i hope i hope we see something cool like that obviously that's a stretch but junior d teams are doing it and the red wings are doing that in the 70s like 80s so like that's something that like you know like an ohl team could do that and yeah. i think that'd be huge because i remember branford on a friday night and the guy that was the closest man so you got to go from one dot 
to the far dot on the opposite end of the ice, but across the ice at the same time. So he was going right mm. to left and he missed by a mile, but nowhere to lie. He put the puck right on the goal line. Wow. Should have won for that. You should have said the goal. Yeah. Line. You should have said the net. He literally put the puck and it didn't go even go completely across the goal line, like right square on the goal line. If he said goal line that he was going to, the guy would have won ten thousand dollars, hmm. and the place was going nuts at Civic. It's going to create buzz. It's going to create buzz, and I think that's kind of where the league has to adapt here to grow attendance, to grow that extra incentive to go to a game, right? And yeah. you know, you play the lottery once a week. You never win, but you always play it. Yeah, people are interested in that, and sometimes you got to cater to things. And the best thing in business is man like it doesn't matter like people are the problem is in business everybody thinks like they don't like it so no one else is but man heck i go to a game to watch the hockey game i give zero crap yeah, about yeah. 50, 50. i'll you. look at the price every game but i care about the hockey game but then there's that person ah, i'm just gonna take my kid to the game they're only going to the game because of their kid but hey they're the ones that are going to buy the 50-50. They're the ones that are going to pay attention to those contests. They're the ones that are going to be involved in those contests. So just because someone isn't – just because if you're the owner and you're not interested in that doesn't mean nine out of the other ten people aren't. So that's where I think people have to adapt, yeah. and the league has to be better into that. Over individual interests, has to be better in growing the game as a business. But yeah. well, I could talk about that all day long. Well, it'll be interesting to see because sports had already kind of been brought back to Brampton and the Brampton Honey Badgers moving permanently from Hamilton. So there's a tenant for sure lost for first Ontario. But, um, you know, at the, at the same time, let's see if that makes a difference because you've already got a franchise that A, was established before it left Hamilton, like yep. by a lot uh, in yep. the CEBL. So we'll, we'll see if that helps it a little bit and maybe – I don't know if it'll help with with getting people in the building compared to like a a G League team like the Raptors nine oh five. I don't know well, if that's five still a big a issue. More, yeah, right? so we'll see. Like the get at least the buzz is back in sports in Brampton with the Honey Badgers, and and yep. let's hope it does. It it continues when if, but I mean, kind of seems like when the Steelheads get there. 100%. So, uh, all right, let's um. Let's run quickly through players of the week here, and then we'll hit the break, uh, and then we'll come back and discuss Troy Mann and the Kingston Frontenacs and some more headlines here. So starting with goaltender of the week, the Barry Colts, Sam Hillebrandt, winning this for the second time this season. couple of wins, 940 save percentage, a total of 78 saves for a 940 save percentage, 2.40 goals against average. Uh, what a game, Hilla Brandt. He was he was pretty darn good. What a game he had against Oshawa in the shootout. Yeah. Oh my God. Honestly, if you win a game in the shootout, if you're already having a good week and then you win a game in a shootout, that should be extra incentive to win goalie yeah. of the week. You know how hard it is to be a goalie in the shootout, and obviously any goalie, any person that's played goalie is going to say that. But these guys are good, right? And like yeah. anyone that wins a game in a shootout like that in a low scoring game, like he did. Um, Automatic uh, first place uh, ballot and goaltender of the week in my books. Yeah. Also in consideration for the award, Nathan Day of the Firebirds. He was 2-0 as well. 2.36 goals against average. Save percentage of 917. Uh, Charlie Schenkel for the Sioux Greyhounds. 2-0 also. Goals against average of 2. 
and a save percentage of 923. To the OHL player of the week, go to the Windsor Spitfires, Liam Greentree. Had himself three goals and four assists. Was also plus six in a couple of games for the Spitfires this week. Also in consideration for the award, Colby Barlow, who seems to be on a tear right now. Four goals, three assists for seven points of his own. And Dalen Wakeley of the North Bay Battalion. Two goals and five assists in three games for North Bay. We'll hit the break when we come back. Troy Mann's Kingston Frontenac's system. Colin Ward's going to touch on that. We'll also Um, get to some of the headlines as well. Some more headlines from this past week in the Ontario Hockey League. And then we'll wrap everything up with the power rankings here on the OHL in 60 podcast. Welcome back to the OHL in 60 podcast. I'm Reese Demaney along with Colin Ward. Systems time with C. Wardy. I don't know. That's not a good nickname. Wardy's just good. I don't think I should have added the C. But (laughs) Colin Ward, let's discuss the Kingston Frontenacs. And you got to see it it firsthand in Brantford on Saturday. Yeah. Give us some insight on why you think they might be a tough out in the playoffs. Because where it currently stands as we head into this upcoming week slash weekend... Fourth place in the East Division. Overall in the Eastern Conference, we're looking at them in seventh. I mean, it's the Eastern Conference. Everybody's still in the mix right now. But what, in your opinion, from the system you saw on Saturday, and I mean, this is the system they run all the time, but why are they so successful in executing that system? And why would they be a tough out in the playoffs? One, everyone talked about the deadline. What's up with the Jack Dubois trade? Like, why did they go out and get these guys, right? Schmidt, Dubois. They're just getting Troy Man type players. And, you know, it was really cool to have the conversation. I got to meet Troy on Saturday and talk about this with him off air, which is really cool. He says, you know, when you get to talk to people around the league, like coaches and stuff around the league off air, sometimes, honestly, it's nice to have conversation with coaches off air. Like, we've done with it a couple no times with Jamie Key. Like, yeah. we've done it numerous times with Jamie Key and Branford, and we're like, just to ask questions, you know, and get the honest answer and see what they see. They're professional coaches. And to see what Troy Mann had to say, a guy that's accomplished a lot at the AHL level, he's won a Calder Cup. Um, lucky to join by a buddy of mine, and he's going to be writing for us here a couple articles coming out soon this week. Um, Joel Vanderland as well, who's worked with Troy Mann with the Belleville Center. So it's really cool. And uh, thanks to Joel to get me in on that. But talking with Troy about the system and seeing the system that he has in place is a dangerous recipe for success um, in the Ontario hockey league. I can see why I can see why they beat Niagara 10, nothing on Friday. And I can see why they should have beat Brantford. They just couldn't score with Brantford on Saturday. That team is a solid, solid hockey club. When they get Nate Schmidt, they didn't have J- once Jacob Holmes went down. He's out for two games, by the way, with a suspension. Um, Cross check, check from behind. I guess I'll rule it. Um, he got two games, but when once they get those guys back in Schmidt, Ludwinski, um, 
this team's going to be a tough out, man. Like, I watched them play, and I'm thinking, so right now in the first round, it would be the Sudbury Wolves versus the Kingston Frontenacs. That's a nightmare for an offensive team like uh, Sudbury. That's a nightmare. Um, the reason why is Kingston gives you too, too much fits of getting into their own end. They don't give you an easy entry. So the time you get in the the time you get in their end, you're tired because you had to earn it. The mm-hmm. one thing I hope for Kingston is I hope their goaltending help gets to that. You can see you can see where the system's in place, and you can see the guys have bought in and adapted to the Troy Man system compared to the former coach's system in uh, yeah. Caputi. But you can see the teams buying into the system, which is huge. They just don't have those pieces yet. I love the Dubois ad. You can it gives it gives you glimpse of what you can see. But now when the draft's going to be big, and to see what they can do, Ludwinski comes back. He's going to be their guy that is going to be allowed to cheat for offense. Right now, I don't think they're going to really cheat for offense. They got to win the two one games, the three two games. That's why the game was five two right on or four two five two on Saturday with Brantford. They got to win those three two games. But the reason what makes them so effective is man. They have one play. The one, the fifth forward, or the third forward is on the blue line of the opposing blue line. So the team breaking out. There's a guy at the blue line, and another one in the middle ice in the neutral zone, and then three back. So one, one, three, and it reminds me of Carolina so much. Where, all right, they're gonna pick the right side. Both forwards are gonna have that neutral zone trap. It's they create matchups in the in the neutral zone and all of a sudden it's a one-on-two great adjustment by Brantford and Jay McKee and staff to win this hockey game though because they chose to make the adjustment and they they just said okay we can't sit behind our own net anymore we got to attack the puck like we got to get it up ice and don't let them get set up right and it, the odd time you got to do a little bit of dump and chase but you actually got to be chasing you can't just have more um, than one die flying at the puck too yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you can't just go in lackadaisically into the puck. You got to actually go in with a purpose um, to beat it. But I'm telling you, when there's some teams in the East that I watch, man, and I'm thinking, I'm watching this system and the way they are in the neutral zone and on the back check, and that's only one thing implemented defensively. And Troy Man's a great defensive coach. But when you watch them play, it's like, heck, I watched them beat Ottawa this year, and Ottawa is a team that, hey, they want to control the game. We saw this firsthand. They will stand behind the net for 30 seconds. But if you're going to give Kingston an opportunity to set up like that defensively, it's going to be a long night for a team like Ottawa. Sudbury is a team to me where they score a lot of goals, but can they stay composed, right? In the playoffs, you know, you're going to be physical with them. Can that top line handle that, right? And that's why I think it's a team that, you're going to see the process. It's not a team that's going to win the championship this year, the Kingston Frontenacs. Um, at the end of the day, they're minus 21 rating right now, you know, but yeah. you can see the adapt is there. You can see the systems in place. And I'm telling you through the draft, this team's going to be dangerous. Um, this team could be really scary. I think that this is a team, man, like in the draft, I don't think they're going to go out and take the big name point guy. I think they're just going to continue getting guys, that fit the system. Like, look at our second, look at the second round pick in Branford. We talk about this all the time. And obviously you're going to use a Branford analogy here because we cover the team or with the team, but don't to share right. Don't to share gets picked and everyone on Twitter, all the keyboard heroes are like, what, why? But don't to share works his butt off. Right. And like, when we watch, when we watch Dylan to he's absolutely a second round pick. And sometimes it's kind of surprising. He's not a first, but 
Why? Because he only had two more points in games he played. He was only two points over a point a game. That's why he wasn't a first-round pick. If that's the case, like, I mean, don't look at Kingston's pick because if I'm Kingston, I'm taking a guy that fits our system. I think it'll be one of those Quinny guys because uh, Troy Mann, knowing the location and living in Belleville still, like, you know, he kind of knows it. But he's a great coach, man. He's a great coach. And I watch their system, and I'm thinking, man, this team's good. Their power plays at 24.2%. It's first in the Eastern Conference. You know, like, yeah. their penalty kills at 79.5. And where is that rank? Honestly, right in the middle, you could say. Like, yeah. we're so looking at the – Yeah, it's – Their it's, special teams are in the middle of the pack. They're better. Yeah. Analytic, analytically, this team is actually better than where they are in the standings. And that's why I think it's very dangerous. The one thing is, though, about Kingston is they got to be able to score goals in two, which is actually number one, goaltending. They need a goalie, man. They need a goalie. Um they just need one. If they got a goalie that could bail them out a little bit, they'd be huge. But I've never saw Linus Hamstrom play so as well as he is right now. He looks so good on Saturday. Batagula as well. He's a great player. He looks great. Um, this team looks good. Uh, they had a great draft last year. I mean, I love the Frasca pick. I love this team. I think Kingston's a great team. They have a great coach. They have a great team. They have a young nucleus coming up. They made a, They had a great deadline that can play in the system. And I think, hey, Kingston's looking like, hey, like Branford last year, right, with Barry. Yeah. Right? You so, give us six games, that's a win. Battle. Yeah. So, and, and uh, you kind of led me into my next question then, Colin, because we had this discussion about Guelph last week where are they in no man's land? Are they the fifth seed for sure in the Western Conference? And Gap's yeah. a little smaller between them and Owen Sound, but with, with Kingston, seven points behind Ottawa, you're six points up on Peterborough, and I think we had that discussion as well where it's it's Peterborough Barry Niagara. It's a big month. Peterborough Barry. Um, you know, they'll they'll fight it out for eighth. Kingston is in seventh. Like I said, six separates them in eight, seven yeah. separates them in sixth. Well, fifth, actually, with the Mississauga Steelheads as well. But are they – do they have the potential to move up with Ottawa and Mississauga? Or do you think they are that lock for the seventh seed? Because they do – they do – or they yeah, will be getting guys back in a matter of a week or two, I guess you could say. Depends how Ottawa plays, man. Yeah, like it's – I, I don't want to say Kingston's a lock for that seven spot because of their point total They're not and others down. point total because that's a, that's been the way the East has been. But yeah. at the same time, yeah, Ottawa, we've expected them to be a lot better. Mississauga has kind of not been good of late three, five and two in their last 10. Yeah. There is the opportunity there. Once guys are back healthy, ready to go for the front next, the system you're talking about, Wardy, they could yeah, find no. themselves back with the Mississaugas and Ottawa's. Absolutely. And you can see the systems there. You can see the systems there. When you look at the deals they made, McNamara and a big body. They went out and got all these big body guys. Dubois is a big body. Hamstrom's a big body. Batagula's a big body. It's not a coincidence yep. to see why these guys are playing so well in this Troy man system. It favors them. When you watched them in Belleville, when you watch video of what Troy brought to the table in Belleville, it's the exact same thing. They're big body guys that go up and down the wing hard, 
crash and burn guys. Those guys are the guys that were those guys played consistently in the system. Those guys played. And I love what I'm seeing right now in Kingston. I'm like, I think this team, the process is there. The buy-in is there to the system. Now can you draft well and build for the years to come? Kingston put in for the Mem Cup this year to host the Mem Cup. Quite frankly, they're not a Mem Cup host roster. Let's be honest, they're not. Two years from now, this Kingston team, though, could be really good if they continue to build. Yeah. And quite frankly, if there's any team that deserves a winning team in the Ontario Hockey League, it's got to be the Kingston Frontenacs. Like, that's, that fan base, man, like, they've suffered a ton. Like, remember all the years they wouldn't get through the second round? It's like, heck, like, that sucks, you know? Like, they deserve it. North yeah. Bay, right? Like, North Bay going to the OHL Finals. Like, North Bay deserves an OHL Finals run. Two years in a row. You know, like, they deserve to make the OHL Finals. And it's like, that's a team in Kingston where their fans desperately deserve it. I'm telling you, be patient because two, three years from now, this team's going to be really good. And when you watch their draft process this year, they're going to be an intriguing team to watch. And that being said, like we just talked about, Reese, for this year, they're not going to be an easy out. Um, That team is not a team that's going to get swept in the playoffs, so. Um, anytime you think, hey, that's a team that in the seventh seed right now isn't going to get swept, that means we're going to have a recipe for success, and especially in the Eastern Conference, really, like, being what it is, like, every series is going to be a battle. I think you yeah. got to stay out of that fourth and fifth matchup for sure, but, yeah, who knows? It's all going to be close. Yeah, no, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, and that's that's good insight on that, Wardy. And again, a game you can only see so much on TV. Uh, and and the fact that you were there, you were able to point that out, had that conversation I'm for the next Kingston game live. Yeah, well, I'm I'm, we're planning that trip, Wardy. We're planning to get there. Yeah, you can see End the difference. You can see the difference. Like usually, like from the last two times you saw, I saw Kingston play live. Yes, it looks a lot different now. You're seeing more structure. Last year, you just see run and gun, right? Now, this year, you're seeing, hey, be defensive. And he's got the heart guys there. He's got to have guys to buy in. That's the thing. And if they have the buy in, they're going to be good. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's quickly touch on the top prospects game, Wardy, that happened. To, oh, geez, a week ago. Holy crap. But um, at, at least with the testing, you could say OHLers definitely shined uh, when it came to that. You know, we're talking Jet Luchenko, yeah. Sam Dickinson were one, Luchenko two stud. overall uh, when it came to the testing. Beckett Seneca, phenomenal as well. He was fourth overall. Um, of course, member of the Oshawa Generals. A lot of great numbers being put up by by a lot of guys. Liam Greentree getting into the top five in reaction time. You know, we're looking at Luke Mietza, number three in reaction with the puck. Merrick Van Acker. Number five with the weave agility. With hey, the I asked him about that. Eh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Delight guy, right? So, Let's hear this. Yeah, that was awesome about the weave. I go, is it like <laughs> basketball? I had to get him to explain what it is. Yeah. No, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. And we, you know, Henry Muse up there and his transition ability, number one in that, in that category. Transition ability with the puck, he was number one, too. Like, I mean, what, Quick, OHL, uh, I think, had the most representation, I believe. 19, yep. I think it was. So, yeah. so not surprising, we see a lot of OHL names, but at the same time, that kind of shows you where the talent level is for the Ontario Hockey League going into this year's draft. Yeah. You know, com- 
I don't want to say compared to other years, but compared to the other leagues this season. So, and I mean, yeah. for the game itself, I mean, blowouts kind of suck for those showcase games. Mm-hmm. So it was nice. We got a three, one score leaders, George. 100%. I thought both of them were really good. I was about to say yeah. that, man. Like they were, and the fact that they both started, I thought was pretty sweet too, but they yeah. were, they were both phenomenal and on their game. That was honestly my biggest takeaway from the game itself. I thought Lean Leaners and George could be the top two goalies taken out of North America in this year's draft. And I think like that that game kind of turned into a reality idea. Like that thought turned into a reality that yeah, that could happen. I mean, both those guys looked great. And I mean, they both come back and played great. Like, look at Leaners, how good he's played this weekend, right? Like, um, he's been great and he's a good goaltender. Those guys are going to go high in the draft for goalies concerning. So uh, that's exciting to see in the OHL. I mean, obviously being a big goalie fan, that's huge. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so let, let's have this quick debate here. we got a couple of minutes, um, and then we'll touch on a couple of headlines that you've got, Wardy. Um, USA versus Canada, prospects edition. Love this. And- CHL versus USHL, or I believe it's just the U.S. top prospects, I believe. A lot of people um, hate it. A lot yeah. of people love it. I was going to say, it's kind of split, kind of like me. I, I like it in the fact that, you know, to be fair, I wouldn't say I'm the biggest expert on prospects in general, but but at the same time, we know the Canadians a lot better than the Americans heading into the draft, unless obviously they're playing in the Ontario Hockey League, right? So... 100%. From that standpoint, I think it will help a lot of people realize, oh, this is who my kid or who my team could potentially draft. Oh, okay, that's cool. And, and you know, expose some of the Canadian viewers, expose the American viewers, even though we already have eight, or I guess it'd be nine now, nine, nine American teams in the Canadian Hockey League. So, you know, but at, but at the same time, the way I look at it is top prospects game, and again, whether you look at it from a tradition standpoint, whether you look at it from this is the way it's been, why should we change something that's already good? I mean, it's I wouldn't say it's great. It's a little stale, but at the same time, yeah. I I like yeah, shelf life Canada's best on best. I, I'm still a big fan of that, but at the yeah. same time, it's also got the likeability that, well, let's get Canada's best against US's best. Yeah. And, and that's, I think that's the- what they're looking to do. I think the one thing that's really un- like obviously and I totally understand why and I'm not that's nothing that's not up for discussion because we know what's right and wrong in the situation but the CHL misses the misses the Canada Russia series. It oh miss, big time. It misses I miss it. it. Same. Same. This is something to look forward to. You know like the only time we get to see the best Canadians versus the best U.S. players is during the World Juniors or during the summer, like the World Showcases. You know, and like it's the topic of discussion. Like no matter how you view it, you're it's something to talk about. It's something that we're always going to talk about. Like there's at least probably once a month where we'll think about in our heads where it's like, is Canada still better than the U.S.? You know, and this is a great opportunity. The prospects, like. You see it before, like, can you imagine, like, the McDavid draft, right? McDavid Eichel. Yeah. Like, that would be incredible. Like, that'd be awesome. And yep. we've set, like, what a way to grow the game. 
And I know it takes 30 roster spots away from your own league, which hurts. And I think the one another thing that hurts is, and these are the negatives to this, the other thing that hurts is it really doesn't help grow the CHL at all in development. Development mm-hmm. side of things for the players, it does absolutely nothing because you lose 30 players and you're allowing a league that you quote-unquote rival with. Um, yeah, so here, here's my counterpoint right. to that. And 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 again, you're correct. It, it is taking away an opportunity for 30 guys that, you know, at this point, if we're taking the 30 best, what, we're getting rid of potentially rounds four through seven guys who are considered yeah. to be between rounds four through and seven. And that's the thing. And, and it gen- this also generates buzz. It generates yeah. purpose of the game. It like actually you, gives you the meaning. Yeah, like you're looking at guys who will or should be rounds one through three. That's that's what you're well, saying when, when you take away 30 roster spots. You're saying these guys will or yeah. should be in the top three rounds of the NHL draft. And there's maybe the thing, early do those fours. guys need that game? Do those guys need that game like the other guys, right? That's yeah, like so Sam Dickinson, yeah, I mean – he was going to be a first rounder whether he played in this game or not, yes. in, in my opinion. so Absolutely. But, you know, you could look at it that way as well. But when you look at it, Carter, George, Ryers, the leaders play a heck of a hockey game in net. Yeah. One of those guys don't get to play in that game, right? And we're not yeah. talking about it. So there's the one thing too, right? It's like there's so many pros and cons to it. But I love the idea that it could generate bots. Like, it generates actual meaning to the game. Like, me personally, I don't have a problem with the Prospects game. I love it. Like, when I went to the game in Kitchener, like I said, prior to the last week's show, I love the game. I love it. When you go to the game, as a fan point, though, I don't know what the fans actually get in the game. And I know that's critical to say. But to be honest, I the fans were just there. The game in Kitchener, the fans were just there yelling Michigan and yelling for the player, Shane Wright, who was a consensus top prospect in that game. That's all they were there for, to watch him. Okay, cool. Right? Like last year with Connor Bedard. That was wild in Vancouver. But that's what they're there for. And I think that's kind of what the fans are there for. But you're not there to cheer for a team. You're there to watch the player and watch a player you're just there to be there right it's there for, it's not an event it's yes it's an event but it's not a team event you're just there through a player and it's almost as if you go to an NHL game in like Arizona or LA you're there just to be there you go to a game in Detroit you're there to cheer for the wings like you're devoted to the team you go to the you go to a game in Arizona you're just there to be there right oh yeah we're just going to the game that's the difference and I just think you're there for the player or there for the team. And that's the one thing that gets me really excited because I'm telling you right now, Reese, we'd be talking about the game. If there was oh, yeah. like we'd be right into it. But at the same time, where a league that rivals you, you want to do that? Hey, I love the idea, right? We saw the Canada Cup, the Canada Russia series, like they work. I'm down for that, but it's a fine, it's a fine line, right? If it doesn't go well, you may have cost yourself a lot of credibility. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Wardy, any headlines you want to get to before we hit the power rankings here? Um, Yes, Cam Allen's back. That's huge for Guelph. Bushinger goes down, Allen's back, so you get that one-two punch. Obviously a tough weekend, so they have a big week. Um, Wanted to mention that. The Kitchener Rangers are currently down 2-0 in the start of the third period of London Knights. 
They lose this game. They lose five in a row. They're, as we're recording right now, they have lost four games in a row. Lost, lots of injuries. A lot going on there. But that's something to look for here to see. Hey, they're hitting turbulence right now in the season. They're hitting adversity. Let's see how they respond. We talked about this last week, Reese, and you had a good point about that, how they had to stay. They had to win one at least one of those two games to stay in fourth in the power rankings, which we'll see any minute now. So yeah. I want to mention that. Well, and in a game, Simpson didn't even dress for London. You know, we're talking about Owen Wilmore yeah. getting the start yeah. for the Knights and through yeah. 40, at least shutting out the Rangers. So, yeah, we'll see. But that's big. Um, that's big for the Knights, and it's uh, big for the uh, Kitchen Rangers. They, def- they desperately need a win. Um, my last point, though, from the weekend, Reese, big one. Officials breaking up fights. We've heard it around. We've saw it around Twitter. We've heard it around the league. Um, everyone's kind of talking about it. It's kind of hard, right? I feel like in this situation, it's when and when not to get involved in the in a fight. Obviously, there's ref there, the linesman's safety is on the line as well, and I mean I know that's kind of crap. Um, and I know a lot of people are gonna think that as well when I say that, but. You can't have, and I'm just going to talk about the Ty Nelson incident. Everyone, if you saw it by now, there's a fight late in the period. Ty Nelson hit the ice uh, in a scary incident. He's one of the best defensemen in our league. Um, he's a superstar defenseman in the Ontario Hockey League. Um, we need guys like Ty Nelson on the ice. The North Bay Battalion need guys need Ty Nelson on the ice, or they're not going to win hockey games. Um, it looked like an end of a fight. Does the lineman get? Does the linesman get involved or not? The Lions person did not get involved um, in this incident. Ty Nelson hits his head off the ice. Looked like he kind of blacked out a little bit. Um, It's something that you don't like talking about, but it's one of those situations where, Reese, if you can get involved, you got to do it. Yeah. But obviously, if guys are throwing haymakers at each other, how do you get involved? It's hard when the guys, when they're swinging arms, like, uh, but that's where I think if there's more than one, if there's more than one or two fights that referees got to get involved on those. Yeah. Like, and, and that's the thing we, we look at linesmen will jump in. If you've been along the boards for too long or, yep. you know, the any, any really open that up. Eh? Oh, big time. Uh, or game. every fight. Now you think about that. By the yeah. Words. Yeah. Especially me who had a ticket to the next game. McDavid was going to play at Meridian center and he wasn't there. That was awesome. Yeah, that sucks. But, you know, you look at guys when they're about to go to the ice. Yeah, linesmen will usually start to step in once you see that little bit of emotion where they're going down and you can tell they're going down. Start to hug a little bit. Yeah, like if they get tired and, yeah, they're just kind of hugging each other, then, okay, yeah, this is over. Like, guys are tired. Guys will step in. That's really it. Like, the three, those are the three situations we see linesmen step in. And then... You know, that begs the next question of if both linesmen are involved in a situation, in a fight where they're where they're trying to break it up because of A, B, or C of what I just listed, you know, you see another situation happen behind it or away from it. Well, yeah, the referees technically they're supposed to be looking for who's getting a penalty, who's going to the box, looking for numbers. At the same time, like Know when a guy is yeah. in a vulnerable situation. I think yeah, that's, yeah, play. that's the main key. I think I look in this is in a is a guy in a vulnerable situation, and does this mean I need to step in? Most times, yeah. If he's in a vulnerable position, yeah, you probably should. 
But at the same time, you have that fan that reaches out to people on Twitter and asks, well, what the heck, you know, those keyboard warriors that you spoke about the other yep. or earlier on in the other segment, right? Where, yeah, I'm all, I'm all in favor. The three fight rule. I'm a big fan of that. Big Absolutely. Time. If you can keep that in the game by having 100%. a rule like that, for sure. Huge fan of that. But I also like when these guys, I also like when some of these people are on Twitter talking about how oh, the fight rules dog. It's like, you clearly never played the game before. Why does a person have to get punched in the face to win? Yeah. In what part of hockey did a person getting punched in the face win you a hockey game? It does absolutely nothing. That's yeah. the part that quote unquote pisses me off when I see people on Twitter and uh, with no names and they're talking about, and they're just doing it for clickbait. That's the part that makes me upset, and that's all they're there for, clickbait. And I just think, you know, like, you clearly have never played the game before. Like, in what world does getting punched in the face win you hockey games? Yeah. No, exactly. And I think that's where you have to find that fine line is if if, if the guy's in a vulnerable, vulnerable position, who cares if it's a fight? Who cares if he instigated it? I don't care if you're a referee or a linesman. Yeah, I think there's there's that obligation to step in and and de-escalate the situation. So 100%. You got to know when 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 not to, but I think yeah. in this situation where the way the league is, you have to be more aggressive than not. Yeah, exactly. So. And also our line our lines people and officials for that matter are they trained to break up these fights? What kind of training do they have to break up the fights? Cuz uh, I mean at these referee camps is that involved? Like, are they actually practicing getting in scrums? I feel like it, it should be. Exactly. I think it should be. And, and it might be. We we're not, we don't I know. We've I never been to answer. one. I know. I hope I get that so, answer. I hope somebody from the Ontario Hockey League that's listening to this gives that answer. Because, And I imagine we will get the answer on that, Reese, and probably. we can get back on next week's show. But that's kind of the, what, the big question of this week's show, really. We could ask, like, are the are officials in the Ontario Hockey League actually trained nowadays to break up the scrums? Yeah. The Q, I'm going to say the Q because you know what happens if you botch it. Fine money. Um, but uh, I'm just going to say the Q. But um, man, I, I I have an interesting thing to share after. Keep going, Morty. But that's the, th- but like, there's no fighting in the Q, you know, and like, you see the way the league's going. So are officials actually trained to break out scrums? Like in the Ontario Hockey League at their referee camps, are they actually train? Are they training in that? Or are they just prepared that, hey, Next year, the new commissioner change, there's going to be no fighting in the Ontario Hockey League announced in July. Better or right be. after the Mem Cup. Right? Like, yeah. That's not off the table. Like, it's actually could be closer to no fighting in the Ontario Hockey League than actually having fighting at this point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, by the way, Quebec Maritimes Junior Hockey League. If you don't say that, according to Gordon Miller, it's a fine. Found that out on the broadcast on TSN on Wednesday. That's interesting. Yeah. Like, that is- and I wish I would add context. Like, do they mean media if they ask a question? Like if a team member, like player, coach in an interview says it wrong? Like, or was that just something that was added to the broadcast for no reason? Because that was, in, I thought that was interesting. Because like, I feel like you have to have a grace period for it. And like that grace, grace period's the rest of the year. Never know though, man. But like, I mean, finding a guy. They announced it the mid season. Like, come on. Like, yeah, they announced it. Again, again, if somebody could tell me if that's actually true, sure, yeah, absolutely. Let me know. Yeah. Let, let me know who who would get fined if it's the team, the coach, 
I don't think you're going to find a 16 year old, but you know, it's, it's yeah. interesting to think about. So, uh, yeah. all right, Wardy, let's, uh, let's hit the power rankings here before we wrap it up. 16 in the OHL power rankings this week. Look like this Flint firebirds move up out of the basement into that number 16 spot. Sting, they stay the same at number 15. Kingston stays the same at number 14. Owen Sound stays the same at number 13. Erie stays the same at number 12. Now we get some movement. Guelph Storm down two spots to number 11. Mississauga up one to number 10. Oshawa down two to number nine. Ottawa up two to number eight. Brantford moves down one to number seven. North Bay down one to number six. Sudbury up three to number five. Kitchener doesn't move at all. They're still in the four spot. London down two spots to number three. Sioux up one to number two. Saginaw up one to number one. Colin Ward shaking no his No comment. So no comment. Let's get right into it, Colin. Who is your number five team in your power rankings this week? Kitchener Rangers. Kitchener Rangers. They've lost four in a row. It could be five in a row. They're down three nothing with twelve minutes to go against London. Um, it could be five in a row. And at this point, if they keep this up next week, they're not going to be in the rankings. Um, but right now, they're at the five spot because of their track record and where their points are. They have to be at the five because of where they are in the standings, and that's the only reason why they're in there. It's like how the division leader gets the automatic top two seat in the conference. Yeah. They get an automatic five because of their points. I think it's a little bit ridiculous when I put them down to the seven or eight spot because look where they are, and this team gets hot, and they're not healthy right now. And if they get hot, this team could be really good. So they're the five spot, and they're going to stay in there because they deserve to stay in there. Yeah. No, and for me, this one was challenging, especially the way our top five went last week. Um, you know, with It'll be with, different this week, I think. With Brantford getting into the five spot, to, to me, I think Kitchener has still earned themselves a spot in the top four. And that's why the Bulldogs stay at number five for me. Uh, you know, they're still playing very well. Second best team in the Eastern Conference over the last 10 games, Oshawa being being a little bit better. But, you know, for, for Brantford, they're climbing their way. And remember the point gap we used to see, Wardy, between the East, like number one in the East? Yeah, and, I mean, you could probably put Guelph in there being the number five seed. Like that number one team in the East would be number six in the, in the West. You know, but... But now Brantford, Sudbury, even North Bay, um, Oshawa quietly as well, starting to rack up the points. Not saying they're going to catch the Saginaw, Spirit, London Knights, Sioux Greyhounds, Kitchener Rangers in points, but they're at least getting into the same ballpark. And you know, when we're talking maybe going first to home, Eastern Conference is still at first, whereas Western Conference is at home. So there is still a pretty wide gap there, but... You know, to me, that I, I still think Kitchener has earned their way into the four spot. Brantford has played phenomenal, but they're they're still number five behind those four powerhouses in the West. Oh, one hundred percent. I'm going to go Brantford four. That's the way they played, man. The way they've played, like they're a good hockey team. And I'm not just saying that because they're with the team. Like it's a good hockey club. Their deadline was unreal. Um, and shout out to Brian Smiley with his article today for um with Matt Turek, the general manager, about his deadline because it was incredible what he did. And um, he said he could be in the Jim Gregory category this year, uh, Matt Turek for sure, and uh, be the GM of the year. Um, Brantford's been great. They had a stinker on Sunday against Mississauga. I just think, you know, Drillbacks played so well the last two months where this team probably, I mean, that's their seventh regulation loss since October. Um, They've been great, and that's why they're the fourth seed for me. 
Yeah, I, you hate to say that somebody was due to not be sharp, but yeah, <laughs> kind of felt like drillback. And the goals that went in, you could see it. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, number four for me, the Kitchener Rangers. Yeah, they're probably going to lose their fifth in a row as we're recording the show on Tuesday, going to release on Wednesday. Uh, but again, like for for all the reasons I kind of listed before, they they're still above sixty points. They've still got thirty wins. Um, they've still scored over 200 goals, which is second overall in the entire league. So, uh, you know, yep. sure, you can be a little worried. Uh, you know, four and six in the past 10 isn't terrible. Losing to London this many times, I would say, is a concern because they're going to be a team that you need to get past in order to win an OHL championship this year. But but I, I'm also still very confident in this group. Uh Games play doesn't favor them, but I, I still think they have an opportunity to turn things around if they do it as quickly as this weekend. And and it has to get started right away. So so Kitchener is still four, but they got to start. They have to. I don't, don't want to say they have to start winning, but I think you get to a certain point, especially now that you know we're on the last day of January. Yeah, you probably need to start getting on a roll here, especially what we're seeing from those top three teams. So. Four for me. Who's number three for you, Colin? I'd love to do a tie for second if I can. Yeah, big time. Can I do one? Go for yeah, I don't care. Tied for second, second on Sue Wednesday, Wednesday night's game as we release tonight, 705 is the team that gets second. Whoever wins that game oh, okay. is two seed. I'll pay I'll track it for next week. So now that the listeners know this, whoever wins the, the game tonight. Is my is two on my power ranking because it's that close at this point, honestly. Like it's yeah. that close. Um, I can't. I don't think it's fair to pick between the two teams. Like the track records have been great, and I think a tie for second right now it's Sue and Saginaw for me. Yeah. No, and 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 that was even the issue I had because you know originally like yeah like originally I had I had Sue being three, Saginaw being two, and that was literally only based off of special teams. Yeah. Because Sue's power play is twenty percent, Saginaw's twenty-seven. Penalty kill is a lot closer, eighty-two percent for Sue, eighty-five for Saginaw. That was the main reason why I have Saginaw at two, which um, is big. You know, it's I I won't go for a tie, and and that's the reason why. I think yeah. Sue is a lot more disciplined, have over a hundred less penalty minutes, so that's. Yeah. <laughs> Come playoff time, I think I've mentioned oh. this already. That's pretty important to be <laughs> to play clean hockey. Saginaw's but, got some guys, right? Saginaw's got yeah. some times. Yeah. So, so again, solely based on special teams, Sue yeah. is number three. Saginaw's number two. I agree. I like that. I'm just gonna go with the tie. Yeah. Whoever wins, I want to make it dramatic for myself. <laughs> Atta boy. So, so then, I mean, one's London. That was pretty Lost easy. Teams in a shootout. <laughs> Yeah, they like, lost two games in a shootout. Um, yeah, like that's a tough game. Like that, that was a tough back to back for Erie. Go Oshawa Friday night, Saturday at home. Props to Charlie Burns getting the sold win. out crowd at the Erie Insurance yeah, Arena. Man, I love. I honestly, if you're an OHL fan, that's got to be a bucket list game. London at Erie. Oh yeah, that's the best atmosphere of the year in any game. I'd say. Um, Oh, I mean, we're going to have some in a couple of weeks there, two, three weeks time and family day weekend. Those are always incredible. Yeah. But that game in Erie, man, like 
the fans were up all night long into the game after the game when Erie won you get the sweet Caroline like Erie and Erie's a pesky team. Remember when they remember when uh, the Hamburger played well for Ottawa and they um and they called them the pesky sense. Yeah. They're the pesky otters. Like that team, man, like they're pesky. Um, they're fierce. And that's another, that's a team that you could say, we talked about Kingston, but that's a team in Erie. That's the equivalent to Kingston in the East where it's like, that team doesn't go away. They don't take games off. So that's a fun team to watch play and look out for them. They're well, they have a good goalie and now Burns is playing well. So you never know. Sky could be the limit. Um, and, and they're go- they have a better goal differential than Kingston does. Yeah, like Erie's good. Erie on paper, analytically, they're a good hockey team. So we'll see what happens. And uh, that's I, I have London one still. I think London they lost both. They ended their streak, but they lost both games in the shootout. They still have a point streak. Right now, they're in cruise control to win tonight. They're all over K- Kitchener as of now with nine minutes to go. You never know. Leaf fans know all about three goal leads evaporating under 10 minutes to go. That was great memories <laughs> for me. Good times. Um, even though I'm a Wings fan, it was just great. Uh, but those type of thing, right, where it's like London didn't, London's still getting points. Like, what did London do wrong to lose, right? Like, yeah. Um, getting behind the Erie the way they did. I mean, you yeah. never want to start that way. But, yeah. you know, it just shows how they, they came back and earned a point. Yeah. yeah so. Love no. Sam O'Reilly getting a goal, though. Oh, yeah. Had a boy. I was sick. Yeah. Yeah. So, Maybe I mean, for next week. Yeah. Am I going to do it? Am I going to do it? Probably. <laughs> they have a lot of options, though. Yeah. Yeah, they do. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, when this when this episode airs, London will be first overall again in the Ontario Hockey League, two points ahead of Saginaw and Sioux. So, it's going to be interesting. A lot of a lot of big games coming up this week, this weekend, and um, it's yeah. Enjoy. We're into February, Colin. Less um, than two months. And look at that! Eh? After Less this week, a lot of teams months. are only going to have twenty games left in the season. Yeah. You look at the after this weekend, like next week, a lot more than fifty percent of the teams are going to be are have less than twenty games to go in the schedule. That's yep. incredible. That gets you excited, man. For a month that usually just is a slow burn to start twenty twenty four. I mean, January oh. flew by. Which <laughs> let's go patio season, summer baseball season, all four. That's the thing, man. That's the thing. I'm I'm pumped. I know the Blue Jays are going to be absolutely terrible. And I and I said that last year. Honestly, they exceeded my expectations last year. As yeah. mad as I was at them, they still exceeded my expectations. But I cannot wait to have an ice-cold beverage out on the patio and watch the Blue Jays not be able to hit with runners in scoring position. I yeah. can't wait for that. I can't wait. <laughs> but I miss that. You know, turning the game off because you're upset because they had the bases loaded with none out and never scored a run that we saw a bunch last year. But, hey, yeah. at least I won't see Matt Chapman as of now. Now that I say this, you watched it a sign tomorrow morning with the Jays. Probably. Um, but at least now I won't see Matt Chapman uh, swing and miss at balls in the other batter's box with guys on scoring. With guys oh, like Javier Baez? Oh, man, I, I'm sorry, but the Tigers, the Tigers could win the division. The only well, thing yeah. that's the only thing that hurts is how many runs is Baez going to cost by striking out, swinging at the other batter's box. A lot. Because it sucks. Honestly, put a, put Torkelson and Green in between and then put Baez in between or just don't even play it. Or just bat them low. Yeah. Eight. Because you got to save runs. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, 
Hey, It'll baseball. There we go. Spring training is it's close. Oh, less, than a month. Two, less than two weeks, I think. Maybe about hey, two weeks. Seven days. Seven days. PGA Tour is back, too. I'm pumped. Yeah, the waste that, management. Yeah, that's, that's my favorite sick. tournament of the year. Because to me, that's when I know a lot of golf fans, but I think like for the Fairweather golf fan, they'll say the Masters. That's when golf season starts. But no, nah. if you're a real golf fan, it starts when the waste management starts in Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh, the yeah. Stadium hole. And then when you go to um, like that one, like I was thinking, like we always like when we played PGA on the PlayStation during COVID when it made when we made the courses. Oh, my Mine God. Are always stadium holes and island greens. Those yeah. are my two favorite tournaments, Scottsdale and Sawgrass. And last year in Florida, being able to hit the island hole. That was sick. Yeah, that was cool. a bucket list thing. And I made it on the second shot. And they, that was take that and I'm done. Then the other three shots, you know how like, you know, when like I'm in a rush, like I'm the worst golfer in the oh, world. Oh, yeah. You rush like, like mad. When there's someone behind us, I'm the worst golfer in the world. But um, there, I hit the, so the first shot, man, I came close. I uh, brought five balls out. First shot. I came so close, but I think I was so pumped. I I hit the green, then it bounced off at the back, yeah. off the deck, because I think I have just so much adrenaline because you're so excited, right? It's a bucket oh, yeah. And the first shot, I smoked it. So then I was thinking, all right, like I kind of know what I got to do now. The second shot, literally like best shot I've hit in my life, I think. Did get so pin was, high? Oh, yeah, it was perfect. It was like, Maybe. honestly, I was making that pot. So I would have parred it. Yeah. Um, and then I was, I was done. So then the next three shots that I had, I was just rapid firing because I might as well. Oh, you three putted. No, 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 no. Oh, you hit five, five tee balls. shots. Oh, yeah, so my. I just hit I just hit another three just as fast as I can just to see if you can hit the incredible shot or something. Yeah. And then when then when like you're looking at the green, right? You're thinking about Tiger's putt from across the deck there that yeah. went in to win the champ. It was just so cool. So I'm pumped for golf, man. I, yeah. I love that sport. Like golf's so fun. Like it's incredible. I'm pumped. Season of the sandbaggers. We'll see how oh, it yeah. goes. Um, yeah. Also, one thing to mention, if anybody is bored Sunday evening, this the typical 6.05 starts in Oshawa. Uh, I'll be filling in for Reed Duffy on the Bulldogs Audio Network. So if you're bored on, on Sunday evening, Bulldogs Generals at 6 o'clock, have a listen on the Bulldogs website. All you got to do is click on the Audio Network, hit play, and that should bring up the game. So... Yeah, if you're bored on Sunday evening, because this is the off Sunday, and who cares about the Pro Bowl? So it's a good week, eh? <laughs> oh, hey, it's oh. a good week. The Pro Bowl sucks. Yeah, so there no, you go. it's a great week, yeah. But uh yeah, uh everybody, thanks so much for tuning in. We appreciate it as always. Enjoy the week, enjoy the weekend, and we will chat again in six days. Yeah.